Welcome to the Bookkeeper's Voice, an informative and entertaining podcast for bookkeepers who love small business. Each week, Amy Hook explores new ideas and shares real-life stories along with inspiring guests from both inside and outside the bookkeeping industry. Every episode will leave you with a fresh perspective along with industry-specific tips and insights to help your business and your clients' businesses thrive. Good morning, everyone. This is Angie from the Savvy Team. Thank you so much for joining us for another edition of our Bookkeeper's Voice with our guest speaker, Melissa. Thank you so much, Melissa. How are you today? Good, good. Hi, Angie. Hi, everyone. Thanks. Yes, great. Fantastic. Very happy to be here. Lovely. So this is your actual second time on the podcast. Anyone who hasn't heard Melissa's first um, podcast with us, please feel free to go back to our last episode where we actually sat down and chatted about talking money and everything in regards to sorting out your own financials and making you feel really comfortable and really kind of at ease of where your personal and where your professional financials are so you can continue to grow your business. So a little bit more about information about Melissa is that you have an impressive amount of experience in the financial <laughs> industry. Um, it's Stay my age. <laughs> over 20 years. It's pretty impressive. And I love that throughout the 20 years, you actually have done a few different things in the financial space. And, you know, by doing the different parts of the industry, you've been able to really create this understanding of what fellow financial people and just other people really need help with and work with on really mastering the relationship with money and the finances. And um, I think it's a really fantastic way of how you've creating talking money to be a you know entrepreneur and coaching kind of community where you can support your clients in really having that overall support in just the tools and framework to have that empowerment and clarity on their financial space. Um, do you want to talk a bit more about? Uh, sure. Coffee? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Well, you've, you've done a fantastic job, Angie. <laughs> Thank you. Um, no, but and probably what I was going to, it's a really good, ex, you know, what you were saying that I've had, you know, I've worked in, you know, financial planning, stockbroking. I worked for a superannuation fund for a number of years. And so I've had, you know, exposure to different markets and different spaces and worked for the banks and also boutique financial planning firms. And you know, I mean, it didn't matter um, where I actually was because I was always obviously dealing with people and dealing with mm -hmm. their money and their finances and that sort of thing. But I, uh, which is, you know, this is a, my, I guess my main motivation for starting my own business that wherever I was and whatever I was doing, I continually had these conversations with people that were very, very good at what they did, you know, very mm -hmm. much in their genius zone. Um, and this is including people in finance too, by the way. Yeah. Um, so, but, but, and, you know, and either they were employed or self-employed, it didn't matter, but there was, you know, they were very, very competent, very, you know, great people. And for some reason in society, if you're good at what you do, good at your job or your craft or your, you know, your business or whatever it is, there is an automatic correlation or right, that you should be also good with your money and your money management and all that sort of thing. And like, I can unequivocally say there is no correlation whatsoever at all. <laughs> It could be an indirect correlation sometimes because people are so focused on doing what they're, you know, in their genius zone. But what I found, uh, you know, wherever I was, that because there was this expectation around them being good with their money, that they felt a lot of embarrassment and shame when they weren't. And more times than not that they weren't. Yeah. Um, which then led them to um, perhaps make decisions that weren't serving them that could put them under, you know, with not necessarily having the knowledge or the understanding or whatever it was, um, and then making decisions that could possibly put them under further stress and angst and overwhelm and, and all that sort of thing. And so I, I continually um, kept having those conversations with these people. And that was, a, that was my big motivation for, well, leaving employment, leaving mm -hmm. being an employed person, 
um, which I'm sure a lot of your, your um, you know, people listening will, will understand that, which Absolutely. causes, like, which we can talk a bit about a bit later, which causes its own issues. Um, but, you know, my thing was very much my, my whole basis for starting my business was to create a safe space to have a real conversation around money. <clears throat> Excuse me, I'm a bit crazy today. Not what, you know, not what you think it should look like, not what other people are saying it should be or, you know, any of that stuff. It's just like pulling the curtain back and actually really shining the light on what is actually going on in a very safe, nurturing, non-judgmental space that no one else needs to know about. Yeah, and I love that and that's why... When I was in your webinar, just personally, um, that you did that was transforming your relationship with money, I was sitting here and I was just like, this is exactly what Savvy is all about. Mm -hmm. We love having that safe space where people can come and feel comfortable and talking about, you know, anything that they need help and support with, whether yeah. that's, you know, <clears throat> we have some amazing bookkeepers that make such a difference for their clients but when it comes to running their own businesses, sometimes there's that missing ingredient or that missing puzzle piece. And I think that happens with all business owners and all entrepreneurs. You can't be everything. And I no. think a lot of us go through a lot of stress and kind of almost self-loathing that we aren't everything. But as soon as you get to the point that you kind of go, yes, I'm not good at this but I'm amazing mm. at this so mm. either I need to outsource this or I need to get support with us yeah yeah and it's creating that safe space that really helps that motivation to be able to do that yeah and also that just giving people permission that it's okay to not be okay with your money do you know what I mean yeah. it's not and you're not it doesn't even people in in the you know bookkeeping space mm. because a lot of it is you know i mean i and we've talked about this before you know i come in on the money but it's a lot of it's not about the money mm -hmm. the money is the core is the effect of where it's showing up not the cause so it's really you know which is obviously what we're going to be talking about yes. today but it's 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 <clears throat> it's showing it can be presenting itself in our you know in our directly with our relationship and our motivations and behaviors around money Mm -hmm. It can be also showing up, and I've had experience in all these areas. It can be showing up in our personal relationships, um, the what's going on in there, particularly for women, you know, giving away their power in their mm -hmm. personal relationships. Um, but a big space where it can show up is when we actually um, are in the position and when we start our own business, when we, you know, when we transition from that being a salaried, um, paid um, employee with a title and, you know, and everything, and then actually leaving that space and going into your own, you know, space, because what I really believe is you can, you know, you can, you can sort of hide the word sort of hide is, or you don't have to address these yeah. things. If you are employed, if you're receiving a salary, you've got a role, you know, I mean, obviously it can show up in your professional life as well. But once you're sort of, you know, laid bare of starting your own business, there is a lot of stuff. And I, I experienced this personally myself mm -hmm. after I started my business. Um, there is a lot of stuff that comes up around, you know, our relationship with money, our, you know, our money stories, our money beliefs. And, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm supporting some women at the moment. They're in that transition stage and they've got that awareness that they're actually self-sabotaging, self-sabotaging. Yeah what's going on or they, you know, they need to get one more qualification or they need to do one more thing. Like it presents itself in all different ways. Yeah. Um, so it's just, I'm always overwhelmed and really, I shouldn't be anymore, but I am at what a massive impact mm. money has and is connected to our really, to our absolute core identity and all the different ways it can show up in our, in our lives. Absolutely. You know, this is something that I'm personally in the process of going through and, you know, just to share a little bit with um, the savvy community. I, my dad was a very hardworking man. You know, he worked the 14 hour days, 16 hour days as a pharmacist yeah. and he instilled in me my work kind of mentality um, from a very early age, he was also had the entrepreneur mind. He always 
you know, he was a hard worker and he was a massive budgeter. And it was instilled in me at a very young age that you work for what you, you know, you have to work hard for the money that you get. And when you get the money, then you need to budget it. Mm. And growing up like that was amazing. But I went through my own journey and that budgeting mentality went to an extreme to the point that I watched my money too much and I became too strict with my spending habits. I became too strict with my relationship with money and it became a negative one because anytime I spent money, I was getting nervous or anxious because I had the opposite issue a lot of people have where their relationship with money is so easy to spend and misuse it where mine, I'm a master budgeter. I can save any amount of money I need to. But by doing so, it was creating an issue in my life that was going professionally and personally where I wouldn't, let's say I wouldn't go, I have a really bad back. I wouldn't go and spend the money to fix my back because it was spending money on me and that wasn't a priority. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it's one of those things that relationship with money can come in different ways and you can have the two different sides where absolutely you can have the it can be yeah. anything can be the light and the darkness and you know and i i was talking to my daughter about this the other day we were talking about something else and she said is is perfectionism a good thing or a bad thing and i said well sweetheart, it depends mm. how it's showing up and it's exactly, exactly like you know i mean if it's if it's if it's helping you be a diligent student and being you know mm having pride in your work, you know, all that sort of thing, then it's a positive. If it's to the point where you, you can't actually do your work because you're so, you know, you keep ripping pages out and it's not perfect. You know I mean? It's not yeah. serving you. So it's, it's That's not, a, it's, it's a bad thing. So, and it's exactly what you're saying too, mm-hmm. Angie. It's like, you know, watching your money can be a positive or it can be a negative. Like, mm-hmm. so as you know, there's the people that spend money that they don't have that puts themselves on, you know, huge pressure and there's lots of different reasons most of it's trying to fill your cup up externally yeah. than internally yeah. um which we could talk <laughs> we could do a whole segment on that um but also and also you know what you're saying as well i've i've, I've supported a couple of women um and work you know with, with, that were that it was really about giving them giving themselves permission mm-hmm. to actually spend money on them because mm-hmm. that what they were doing is that they and they were, you know, and they had the money, they had the, the ability mm-hmm. to do this. So it wasn't about, yeah, it, was, it's not it wasn't about the money. About money. It's about, no, that they, and that what they would do is they'd put in roadblocks yeah. before they'd spend it, that they had to get, you know, that they had to go through. Yeah. But even when they got through those roadblocks, they, they still wouldn't do it. It was still resistance. And, um, you know, it's, it was so, so interesting to uncover, mm. particularly one, like, to uncover what, was you know, I'm happy to share it with you if you want. But like, what was going on for her? Mm. It's something that happened to her when she was a child. Do you know what I mean? And it was yeah. such a strong story and belief that she was carrying. And it this 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 event was showing up in in that. Mm-hmm. Um, it was showing up in her professional life. It was showing up in her per, her, her personal relationships. You know her, um, and it was just like this amazing thing. And she'd never she'd never made the connection. Mm. And of- that's, that's what I think is really important, especially for a lot of our listeners is understanding your money story yes. and understanding where your mindset, your beliefs and attitude has come from. Yeah. Um, and that's why I actually took your webinar because I'm in the process of really analyzing yeah. my money relationship and where it started and where it is now yes and where i want it to be yeah but i think the starting of the process is understanding what has helped create your beliefs and your attitude towards your money relationship and to really investigate that and then go through and to analyze what your vision and aspirations Mm -hmm. are to get you to that next step do you want to have a 
chat about that sure, a bit? Sure, I can. Like, right up your alley. <laughs> <laughs> yes, please. Um, so basically, I'll, I'll just, if I can share with the audience a bit about understanding their money story and just share with yeah. some questions. Yeah, so yeah, that'd be great. What is that, you know, our beliefs, which is, you know, from our money stories are eight, you know, are formed by about the age of seven, what we, we call we're in the theta brainwave mode where every, we take everything like a sponge mm. with no filter. So, you know, when you say kids are like little sponges, they literally are taking in everything around them with no filter. So they don't, mm -hmm. you know, they don't really understand what they're taking in, but they're taking it in. Mm -hmm. And so what happens is these are the set of rules or guidelines that we've told our subconscious that we want to live by. So we'll do everything in its power to keep them safe and to keep them real. And then, you know, as we get older, they're further reinforced with every experience and interaction we have and get further ingrained as our core beliefs. Now, the problem is some of these beliefs, as we already discussed, are not serving us mm -hmm. and some of them actually are not even true. Yes. But they're actually what are running the show. So it's very much, and so a very big piece of how I support people is to really, you know, go, it's to identify any negative or limiting beliefs and blocks that you might have around money and really, you know, challenge the outdated ones that, you know, are not serving you or weren't even true in the first place. So it's really about, you know, breaking that cycle or that pattern or that loop that people have with money. Because two things, I know that it's it's more the mindset side of things. When people say to me, I, they say, look, Lisa, I feel like I've got this, I know, or I don't feel I know, I've got this unhealthy relationship with money, but I actually can't quite put my finger on it. Mm. That's very much being driven by our stories and our, our beliefs. And the other thing people say to me is I feel like I'm in this loop or this cycle with money and it doesn't matter what I do. It doesn't matter what I put in place because they're doing it in the external, yes. the external world. I can't break it. And once again, that's because it's being driven internally by these beliefs and our stories. So it's really so, so vitally important to understand where these are coming from. So the thing I, what I do with people first with their money stories, and I've obviously got an extensive document that I do when I'm working one-on-one, -on -one, but I've just got a summary of some of the questions that I ask. You know, the first one is, you know, how do you feel when you think about money? You know, what, where do you, like, what's your immediate emotion and where you, where do you feel it in your body? I mean, that's a, that's a pretty good. Mm, um, that's a very good question. Um, for, you know, and how would you describe your current relationship with money, which is an interesting thing mm -hmm. to, you know, actually you and I've got another thing that I'll, t I'll share with you in a sec about that, but, you know, and the most, I think is the most important question is, you know, how is money spoken about when you're growing up? Because I will challenge anyone that how money was spoken about when we're growing up that you've shared. And, you know, I mean, I, I had a similar, um, you know, work ethic, work ethic talk to me that's being shared with my children now by my dad, um, that how money was spoken about when you're growing up is not presenting itself somewhere in our adult life, either directly with our, related to our relationship with money or it'll be showing up in our personal relationships or in our professional life or our business but it will be showing up somewhere. Now, obviously there's positive, you know, there's some fantastic yeah, absolutely. positive ones, uh, which I'm okay, I'm okay with. I'm happy to leave those ones alone, but it's the ones that aren't serving us mm -hmm. that are not, you know, or not even true mm -hmm. that are actually putting us, um, you know, stopping us from really stepping into our power and living in our true amazingness. So it's the stuff that's holding us back, keeping us small, um, keeping us in fear and overwhelm and that, you know, all those sorts of things. So it's not, it, they're just not serving us. Yeah. And I think, you know, when I chat with a lot of our clients and a lot of our listeners as well, um, cause I try and just call and chat to people mm. and see how they're going, um, is that a lot of bookkeepers, I see this resonating with them in their fear of losing a client. So a lot of bookkeepers are in the transition right now of going virtual and a lot of them are also in the process of reanalyzing their pricing and figuring out their pricing packages and moving away from the hourly rate into mm. the package rate. The time for money. Yeah. The time for money side of things. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of them have invoicing stress of, 
you know, they get stressed about invoicing for the work that they've actually done. They quite often bookkeepers will do work for free because they want to help the client and they feel guilty for charging for that. And, you know, the main thing is that if they do a change in their business, like changing from hourly to pricing or just changing their overall stance on, you know, how they manage the clients, a lot of bookkeepers are people pleasers mm. and they want, if a client needs something, they'll do it right now where that's not the best way. If you're growing and really busy, then you focus on your biggest client one day a week and that's the day that they can call you, talk to you. And that's when you're focused on them. Then the rest yeah. of the week, then you do all your other smaller ones. Yeah. So they're always saying to me that, you know, if they make these changes, what if they lose a client? And it is such a core belief in their system and the core belief also for being not afraid to charge for the time that they're doing. But, you know, when they go to me and they go, I've had nothing like I've had a useless day. None of it I can charge you know, I can't charge anyone for an entire work day. Well, you, you can, but they have these blocks where they feel a constant amount of guilt. Mm, mm. And I feel like that comes a lot from their belief systems. They're valuing themselves and their yeah, overall yeah, money. Absolutely, absolutely. Angie, and that's what I was going to say. Like, I mean, it, it, as I was saying before, you know, it presents itself mm. in money charging, mm -hmm. you know, charging for, and it, it's, it's such a big aspect of when you're in your own business because you can't hide from this stuff anymore. You, you cannot, you, you know, you cannot hide from looking at, you know, having a look at addressing this stuff. Yeah. These, you know, this stuff around, you know, our money stories and our money beliefs and stuff like that, because that's what's, you know, I mean, that's, there is some, there's something there for them. Mm -hmm. um, and it's, it's, you know, it comes out in our, what's going on. So within this situation about charging, you know, mm -hmm. charging for the work, charging what they should be, you know, number one, charging. Following your own and, and charging the work. Absolutely. And it, and it, and it, it really, it comes back down to our self-worth. Mm -hmm. It comes back down to our valuing ourselves. Um, and, you know, and that's a really big part of what happens when we have, when our own business, because I mean, that, that what it happened to me, like I, you know, set my business up, it was all looking beautiful and shiny and bright and shiny on the outside and looked great. Mm -hmm. And no one was coming. No one was turning up. And I was like, what What's is going, going on? on? What's going on here? And I actually, and funnily enough, as they did, someone presented themselves at the time to support me and I, you know, and, and a coach to work with on it. And it was really, really interesting because it was me that was stopping mm -hmm. because it was, you know, I mean, the thing is I wasn't, and I wasn't selling widgets either. And I was selling myself as a coach. Yeah. Um, so, and my knowledge, my, my program, you know, all that sort of stuff. So I wasn't even selling a, you know, I was selling myself as a service. And I, when I looked at, you know, when I did, you know, did the, you know, got the support and, and worked through it and stuff like that. It was really interesting because it was, because I wasn't valuing myself. Yeah. Obviously no one else was going to be showing up and valuing that as well. And it was, it was a realization for me that um, I wasn't fearful of failure. Mm -hmm. I was fearful of being successful, which is a, you know, it's a work in progress. It's, that's a constant thing. as well. um, Because it didn't, it wasn't in line with my other, my, my stories and my beliefs yeah. about myself, which is, you know, it doesn't matter what they, what they are, but it, well, it does, but like, that doesn't mean I don't, it's, but it was that realization and just like going, well, if I'm, if I'm not believing in myself, who else, no one else is going to be believing in myself. Yeah. And I think and that's that a, resonates so much in bookkeepers because yeah. we, I talk to bookkeepers so much because, you know, when I mentor them most of the time, we're working on business development and marketing mainly of course yes yeah. you know so i don't do the inter intricate bookkeeping things that's what amy does yes um, but i can hear how passionate they are about their business and how experienced they are and you know often there's that we i just don't know why it's not working and it takes them typically about a month or so till they can open up so that i can see this about them mm. And it's like, well, this should be something that you notice right away. This is, you are your business. Mm. You're so knowledgeable that you need to be comfortable enough 
to make that clear. Mm, mm. And it's about, it's about, like I always sort of say, it's taking a couple of steps back to make a massive jump forward. It's actually going and doing this, the mindset, the internal work, because, you know, it's not about doing another product. It's not about doing another, like, that's really important, obviously, to get all that in place. But it gets to the point where it's people are looking for those external things to fix. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like the shopping, you know, spending money. Yes. Or getting another piece of paper to say that I'm good enough to actually run my own business. Yeah. You know, I mean, it, it, whatever it is, it, it shows up in so many different ways. But of actually doing, because it's all being, it's all being, um, you know, being run from internally. Like I love, you know, when some of my presentations, I've got this, this picture of the iceberg and there's, you know, this tiny little tip of the iceberg jutting out of the water that's our conscious mind and that's where we think you know we're all in control and running the show and everything it's this tiny little thing jutting out of the water and then underneath the water there's this huge massive expanse which is the which is the iceberg and that's our that's our that's our stories that's our beliefs and that's is actually what is running the show Mm -hmm. so if we don't go and address these it's not, not, nothing is going to change. It doesn't matter what we do on the outside. It doesn't matter what we have set up and, and, and that sort of stuff. And I can say this hand on heart because I've experienced it myself. Um, it doesn't matter what, how bright and shiny it looks on the outside. If you don't have that, you know, cleared whatever needs to be cleared, mm-hmm. um, it won't, you know I mean? It will still keep showing up. Yeah, I completely agree. And it agree. will keep showing up bigger and bigger and bigger yeah. and bigger. I completely agree. And it's something that, you know, I've personally been working on the under the water part of the iceberg for the last three years. Mm -hmm. So I've been finding, you know, I have very strong inset set mindset and beliefs and everything that have started from when I was quite young. And also when I moved to Australia and um, they were affecting me and some of it was quite positive. Some of it was negative. And I, deep down, I know I still have those beliefs, but since I've started to work on it, I've been able to be aware of why my first instinct might be to be, no, I can't spend that. Or no, I can't do that. That's, that's not going to work. And then I sit down and go, okay, but Mm. is this actually the truth or is this what Mm. I've been kind of conditioning myself to believe? Mm. Is this true? That reminds me of, um, uh, lady Byron Katie that does a lot of she calls it the work and it's I don't know if that's that yeah. you, you just said then is like is this true? <laughs> is this really true like I mean yes. that's her, those her questions that she goes through and it's some um, which I love it's the and beginning it's, process of changing your mindset because I feel like everyone when they talk about mindset and talk about beliefs and attitudes they all think that it's an instant I know this is an issue so I'm just going to change it mm. No, it's not that easy. No, this has been, these have been being embedded and generated for 30, 40, 50 years. Do you know what I mean? It's just, you can't click your fingers and change it overnight. But the Mm. thing is you actually can, (laughs) it doesn't change it. It reminded me of an ad. Um, (laughs) Change it. Was it a hair product or something? I think it's a hair product. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. But it's, it's, and like, I think it's as you absolutely, what you said, Angie, it's actually awareness is that first step. Mm -hmm. So I mean, because what happens is, you know, we've got these beliefs sitting in our, and so sitting in our subconscious mm-hmm. and then what happens is there'll be an external event interaction or something will happen that will trigger mm-hmm. one of these beliefs then it goes up into a thought and that's actually where we have the opportunity to change because it's what we do with our thoughts mm-hmm. then creates a an emotional response that creates our reality either negative or positive and then gets further reinforced you know goes back into our beliefs so a lot of the stuff I do is, is creating that understanding that self-awareness first. And I've got quite a lot of um, exercises and stuff. I I work through with people on that. Um, But then it's, it's understanding the power of our thoughts and actually what comes out of our mouth. And so it's very much about reframing. If there is, you know, it's like that negative chat, 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 you know, that monkey brain and, you know, the negative constant, you know, if you've got that going the whole time, there's no room for anything else. So it's just actually about catching that. It's about catching those thoughts and then, and reframing them. And, you know, there's, there's quite a lot of, you know, I mean, obviously, you know, as you said, you can't click your fingers and just, but you can, 
you know, there's, it's, and it's not just woo-woo anymore. It's been, it's scientifically, you know, you can actually change your neural pathways and, you know, Joe Dispenza and all those people mm. are, you know, it's, it's actually not just like, oh yeah, you know, just if you go and sit on the mountaintop and think about things, you know, it's not, if you want to do that, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> sounds pretty good, but, but it's, it's, it's actually physically, uh, sorry, scientifically being proven that you can actually change your neural pathways mm. or you can retrain, retrain your brain. And like, you know, I'll give an example. I used to say to my kids all the time before I did this, you know, my own development and growth and stuff like that. I used to say to my kids all the time, Oh, we can't afford it. We can't afford it. We can't afford it. So I was thinking yes, that that's what I grew and, and having an impact on my children. And then when I actually thought, guess what was showing up in my, of course, I couldn't afford it because that was what I was thinking. What I was, and, and, and you, your, um, where your your energy goes, your, you know, where your focus goes, your energy flows, or you know, your perception creates your reality. You know, whatever you think is what is going to present itself in your external physical world. So, of course, I couldn't afford it because that's what I kept saying to myself, mm-hmm. my beliefs, and that was actually being, you know, coming out in my external environment. So it's just the power of our thoughts and what comes out of our mouth is just so, so vitally important. The impact it has, and it's actually where we can change, reframe and change our, you know, change our thoughts and our behavior. Yeah. Love it. And so for anyone who is in the point, you know, they're listening to this podcast and they're like, Oh, this sounds a lot like me. Um, Yeah. It's, um, and that happens quite a bit. I, I love podcasts and I'll be sitting there and I'll be like, oh, that's me. <laughs> um, <laughs> is there, what, what do you think is the first step to actually working on your money mindset and on your relationship with money? What's the first step to changing your journey? Yeah, it's, it's to understand your money story for a start. So, you know, going through those questions, I've got a quite a long, as I said, a quite a long document, you know, the things like understanding what was your mother's relationship with money? What was your father's relationship with money? And even what were your grandparents' relationship with money? Because most of our stories are coming through from our family of origin. Yeah. Um, and so it's, it's, you know, that's the starting point to actually go and see, because that's where you will have taken in your most of your stories when you're little and it's, you know, and I always like to say here, if things aren't exactly how you want them at the moment, it's not about going and blaming your parents. parents. It's because they were, they were working with the, you know, with what the information that they'd been given. And so it's just having, it's just having that awareness of where it's showing up in your, in your adult life. So the first step is having that self-awareness and then, you know, self-awareness is fantastic but it's never enough on its own. It's about then taking inspired action and doing something about it. Um, I always, I always talk about, you know, first be aware of it and then do an action for it. Yeah. Because if it's, if you keep doing that, you know, it's that probability vector versus the possibility vector. If you keep doing the same thing, Mm -hmm. you'll keep, you'll probably keep getting the same result. (laughs) (laughs) That's just, that's just, that's just how it works. That's the way. So, I just like to get people very much into actually what is possible, the possibility vector. So really getting, you know, taking that inspired action. That's, and that's how I support people is of actually working through taking that inspired action, you know, working through their money story and then understand what's that about their money beliefs. Yeah. Because that's what's driving the show is our belief is our belief um, framework around and what, you know, if there's ones that are serving us or not serving us and the ones that are not serving us and also the ones that are not even true. There's someone else's beliefs that we've taken on. Yes. Um, and you know, it's, it's very interesting when people start their own business, they feel like that their businesses look, need to look and look and feel and, you know, be of a certain way. And yes. it's actually not even their idea of what they want as their business. It's yeah. actually, um, you know, it's someone else's idea of what they should, their business should look like and that sort of thing. So it's getting, it's once you, it's about anything. Once you clear that space, you know, it's, be, it's like it be like developing a business by, not by default or what you think it should be, but like actually developing a business, your business by design of actually what you want your business to look like because you've let go of these stories and beliefs and stuff like that that have sort mm. of, you know, not, not serving you and holding you back and just being able to step into your full 
amazingness. Yeah. In, I, in your business. we focus on that so much in yeah. Savvy. Yeah. So, Fantastic. you know, anytime, typically we deal with pre-existing businesses that they want to change the way their business is to make it more successful, to make them more happy. It, everyone has different reasons. Yeah, of course, of course. And we make them, the first thing we do is we make them redo or do for the first time their business plan. Yeah. Yeah. And in that process, we break down their background. We go through, you know, what was your favorite class in school? What yeah. did you want to be as a child? And yeah. and every time they do, we go through this, they always kind of look at me because we do it over Zoom. They kind of look at me going, why are we doing this? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they never say it, but it's like, you, know, you can sort of say that they're going, uh, why, why am I doing this right now? Um, yeah. you know, but it's working through what led to you to become who you are today, to become the bookkeeper that you are today. And if that doesn't match what your bookkeeping business is projecting, we need to figure out why hmm. for one. What, exactly. What are the blocks? What's holding yes. you back? What's, what's not resonating for you or what's not, you know, I mean, I, I've, I've had these conversations with a number of people lately about, yeah what success means. Yes. Um, and I think we might have, you mean, touched on, but you know, I mean, they, yeah. you, you strive and strive and strive and strive of what you think your, what success looks like for you. And these people get it and they go, ah, no, this is not doing it for me. This is actually, and it wasn't even their definition of success in the first place. It was someone else's yeah. or their beliefs that they thought was what success would be. And then they realized when they actually got it, that it actually wasn't. Mm-hmm. and, they, but and they, they had to get there first to understand so how cool would it be to actually not have to go through all that, I love that. yeah <laughs> to actually like, understand of you know actually be doing your definition of success and or doing your just your definition of life, of life. i think everyone yes. you know it's still and it's very instilled in the australian mindset especially i find for women now this might sound a bit controversial but you know coming from a different country different culture coming to australia it's there still very much that you know, you go to school, you go to do secondary education, uni. A lot of people I know went to uni the first round and they didn't know why they were doing it. It wasn't what they specifically wanted to do, but that was, someone else's- that was the step. Yeah. You go and you do uni. And then after uni, then you either, you know, you have a partner, you get married, you have children. And then, you know, Australia is still very much that the females are the, you know, you do the household, but you're also now expected to do the work as well. And it's all the very, what is still instilled in us as younger humans, basically. And it's not true anymore. Like I know almost more friends and partners that I like friends of partners and everything that the dad is the one who stays at home and Which is the mom fantastic. is the, it's so, it's that's so cool you know yeah. and that's that's you know you don't have to and you don't have to go to uni i went back to high school for an extra year and then i went traveling and then i went to uni and because i did that i was so much more sure with what i wanted mm. in my life that mm. i knew that was going to happen mm. Mm. Well, I, st- I started uni and then left and went traveled and lived overseas for a couple of years and came there back and so I was very very and like you know people saying oh you know I don't think this is the right thing for you and but and I was so very clear yeah on actually no I actually want to I need to do this this is what I want to do I'm not quite yeah. sure what I'm going to do with it but this is what I want to do and I went back on my own steam <laughs> I had to go and redo quite a lot of the subjects yeah. and you know that sort of stuff but it's um and end up blowing it out of the water because it was actually what you my did. decision of what I wanted to do yes. as opposed to someone else's decision. Um, and I think that's really true to a lot of bookkeepers is that they really truly believe that because there's bookkeeping, there's been very little thought process, I think, in regards to the fact that bookkeepers are also individuals. And so bookkeepers when they decide to have their own business they do what everyone else has done because that's what is expected that is the traditional way of thinking and now everyone is just realizing that they're doing this and they're not having their ideal clients they're not happy coming to work every day even though it's their own business it still feels like work 
And can you hear that noise coming from outside? No. Oh, good. Okay, I've just got a garden people outside, and I was thinking, oh. if you can hear it, I'll go and tell them to be quiet. But if you can't hear no, it, that's okay. can't hear it. Don't worry. I I always worry about that too. Well, I can put my earphones <laughs> in. If you, if you start hearing, just let me know, and I'll put my earphones in. No worries. But um, yeah, like I feel like that's a real thing with bookkeepers, and I think it directly also relates with their money mindset is how they're afraid to go against the grain yes they think they won't be accepted yes yes it's just it's just it's you know once again demonstrating how such a big part of our core identity Mm. is connected to our relationship with money like it's just it's such a strong there's such it's so intertwined and you know there's strong such a strong undercurrent of everything mm. that we do and how we show up, whether you whether you believe it or not believe it or agree with it or not agree with it, you know it's our money stories and our our you know beliefs, and also what you're talking about societal conditioning as well. Yeah. Like it's which is a really interesting thing that you know they go sort of hand in hand. Yeah. Um, of what's you know? Oh, can you hear that now? I can hear that now. That's all right. Just excuse me for are you. I'm just going to go and tell them to go away. Sure. Excuse me for a sec. <laughs> No, and that's um that's something you guys as listeners like I know everyone has their own concept of what kind of bookkeeper they're supposed to be and um what they've done in the past and if it's worked, if it hasn't worked. The best way I find with being, you know, your own entrepreneur is doing it your way and making sure that it has something relevant to you. So, you know, going back into what we were talking about, just because you think you have this preconditioning or this thought process that if you do this, if you do change it so that it's more represented to who you are, you might lose a client, then to be honest, lose the client because they're not your ideal client anyways. And you will gain people that you resonate with more because that's what you're attracting. Exactly. You know, it's, it's a funny, when I let go of my stuff, I actually started, I only work with people that I really, really like now because that's, exactly. that's who I'm attracting. You know what I mean? Exactly. We have, we have clients all the time that, you know, say that the Savvy Bookkeeper, you know, we have such a great community. We have such a great client base and we always seem so happy and so willing to help. And that's because we only work with people we want to work with. <laughs> exactly. And frankly, that's the whole reason you have your own business. Exactly. <laughs> exactly why are you working with people you don't like to work with stop being afraid of losing the client you will get another client don't worry (laughs) you are making the space for an exceptional person or more exceptional people to come in that's the thing that you know that so there's there should never be that fear around letting go of those people but you know when getting back that societal conditioning it's such a you know it's such an interesting thing and i when I talk about this sometimes, you know, think about to your childhood, about childhood movies, particularly when I was growing up, you know, I mean, it was like, you know, it was always the, the wealthy landowner was the bad guy and the little street homeless yeah. street urchin with in rags was the, was the hero. And like, I mean, that in itself. That does a lot to kids growing up. It's like, well, well, you're, you're bad. If you're wealthy, you're, you know, you're bad. You're not, not, not a nice person. Mm-hmm. Da, 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 da. Like, you know, and you know, it's just, and it's just, it's so interesting how that can all go together mm-hmm. with forming, you know, this, what we, what we think is our, what we think is what it should be like. And, you know, the thing is of, you know, how do we define success and status and power in our world? It's all based around money. Yeah, no, I love it so much. And um, I know this is a thing that um, a lot of our clients are working through right now. So um, for anyone who wants to have a chat with Melissa to discuss Mm. things more direct you to her, um, we are going to have all of her links in our quick links in our podcast page on our website. And you are also being lovely enough to offer a 45 minute complimentary strategy session which is amazing oh thank you no and it's just because i just love to you know it's just to talk to people first like you know i mean and the part of that offer is i send a you know three questions and i want people to to fill in so it it, you know makes their session as 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 fantastic and productive and you know greatest can be you know as they can but it's just 
um, you know, giving some people some tools and some things to think about. And then obviously I will, you know, if, there, if I think that there's a fit, I will share of, you know, how we could work together. So, but it's, it's I find um, it can be enough to just get people on the right track. And then, exactly. you know, sometimes they'll go away and then they'll come back and we might do some work together or whatever, I'll support them. But it's just, it's a really um, great space to actually be able to talk, you know, have a chat with someone. There's no obligation. There's no, you know, it's just actually, all you need to do is fill the questions out. Um, and that's for you, not for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's really it's a really powerful session just to sort of people go away and go, ah, I'd never even made that connection or the bit of you know so there's some aha moments or just understanding. It's understanding, I think, and like yeah. we we're we feel so privileged that you're offering this to our listeners oh, because you know, my pleasure. And I just please take it. It opens the doors, you know. It opens the doors to people thinking about it and considering it and just understanding themselves more. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Which goes such a long way, and um, I think it's great. It's so wonderful to talk with other mentors that have that same. I just want to help people, you yeah. know, like grow. Yes. Um, it's so lovely to actually be able to talk to other people who, you know, have the same <laughs> mindset as we do at Savvy. Cause you yeah. know, we, people always say, you know, you guys give so much away, you guys, you know, give so much value and it's because we legitimately want to help. So it's nice to actually meet people who are in the same mindset um, of helping others as you and uh, helping entrepreneurs and really supporting mm-hmm. people and um, really for the good of just everyone. Yeah. Um, yeah. Now, Providing that space. Another thing as well. Do you want to chat about your retreat that's coming? Yes. Up? Yes. So I've got. I'm running a um a retreat coming up on the fifteenth of September. Mm-hmm. It's in the Sunshine Coast. So unfortunately, at the moment, Angie and I were talking Queenslanders about Queenslanders only. <laughs> Queenslanders only at the moment. Um. So it's up in the Sunshine Coast at Montful. It's for three nights. So it's mm-hmm. Tuesday the fifteenth to Friday the eighteenth. Mm-hmm. Um. It's a wealth consciousness retreat for professional women. So it's um. It's really, really doing, yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be beautiful. It's a small, um, it'll be a small group, um, like creating that, that safe space, creating that container in a, you know, nurturing, safe container to go away and look at, you know, have a look at all this stuff. Um, We're going to be, I'm going to having someone coming up and, you know, cook beautiful food for us. There'll be some lovely wine there if you, if that's what you, you know, if you like. Love that. Yes, it's um, no that's essentials. Been, that's been a draw, good food, been a good company, good wine. <laughs> exactly. So it's um, there are some spots still available. So um, once again, if anyone is interested, um, I'm not. Are you have you got that? You're going to put. We the have link the link, so we'll have it in the quick yes. links, and we'll also have the quick link to the free offer for the 45 yes. minute session right. in our website as well, guys. So Fantastic. just you know feel free to click through and then you can check out those links and find out more information about all yeah, that. So the, with the retreat, it's really, you know, working through the, the money mm. the mindset stuff. And for look, there's other reasons. It's not necessarily directly related with money, mm-hmm. um, but there's that awareness that there's something going on. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it's doing, a, you know, really clearing the space or, you know, clearing whatever needs to be cleared, um, freeing up that mental real estate to then really be able to go and go, well, okay, what does it, what is, you know, what do I want? Mm-hmm. What is possible? What do I want my, you know, what will my greatest life look like or, you know, my, my business look like? So because of the women that are coming up, it's, it's around business, more mm-hmm. their businesses and what's going on for them there. So it's, and the thing that I, my point of difference, so someone's actually asked me about this this morning is that, I think with a lot of retreats, you go on them and they're beautiful and they're fantastic. And, you know, and you, you, once when you're there, they're great, but then you go back to the real world and then then you're back in the real world. It all goes, exactly. All sort of goes a bit, you know, it's still sort of hovering there, but we, so my, my, my goal is for people to walk away with a very strong, actionable plan items, whatever they want to be, you know, it'll be different for everyone depending on what their intentions are for being there, but it's something to take away and implement immediately when they get home. Love it. And what I'll be doing is I'll be following up with them. There'll be a follow-up session as well to for about a bit of accountability and checking in and that sort of thing, just to see how they're going. Yeah. I think it'd be a fantastic um, trip for anyone, especially our, 
bookkeepers that are in the midst of starting their journey as well. Yeah. I think this yeah. would be a great opportunity. To clean whatever needs to be cleared. <laughs> it's just, you know, the amount of work that you get out of it when you start figuring out where all of your mindset and your belief systems comes from so that you can make space to grow, whether it's personally or professionally or both. Exactly, wherever, yeah. It's amazing. And um, I think it's just a great opportunity. But um, I wanted to thank you on behalf of Savvy for joining us for two episodes now. It's been fantastic and I can't wait to share it with um, our community and, um, you know, just really celebrate the fact that you can have a healthy mindset with money and creating that space to be feeling comfortable to talk about it. Mm. So thank you so much for joining That's us. Right, no, and thank you so much for joining you. your insight and everything and um, having talking money as a business and supporting other entrepreneurs. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's been great again. <laughs> Love it. Beautiful. So as always, guys, uh, we will have all of the quick links for Melissa in our um, actual website. So all you have to do is click on the podcast that she's on. There is two podcasts that she's on. So you can go in there and click her links and um, find out more about the amazing things that she's doing for her clients in regards to money mindset and just talking money in general. And um, as always, guys, stay safe, sane, and uh, savvy. Thank you so much, (laughs) Melissa. See you later, guys. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to The Bookkeeper's Voice. We'll be back next week, so subscribe to future episode notifications. Do you want to be more efficient? Get instant access to our free template of the month. Visit thesavvybookkeeper.com.au slash freebie. Would you love to connect with other Savvy Bookkeepers to get support and ideas? Join the Savvy Bookkeeper Facebook group. Do you need help with pricing, marketing, web design or business planning? Visit thesavvybookkeeper.com.au to see our services. Until next time, stay savvy.